Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the triumphant return of the SQ podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Sales. I'm back. It has been quite a while. Um, I'm done forever promising new episodes if I have school because I just have no judge for when I'm ever actually going to be free. Turns out when you have a lot of finals and papers due, you don't have as much free time as I might have thought I did. But now I'm back for winter break. I just finished up taking all my exams last week or so. <clears throat> I finished up on Thursday. I can't go home until Saturday, though, because I have to wait for my ride to get here, which kind of sucks, but it just gives me some time to decompress, I guess, before I get home and see all my family and friends and everything. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think because we are so close to the end of the regular season and the playoff picture is largely set with a few exceptions, I'm going to kind of just break down who I think like the real contenders are for like a Super Bowl run and just kind of give you my basic thoughts on each team just because I feel like it's been a while since I've really kind of canvassed the whole league as opposed to like a few specific teams. So we're just going to get right into it. All right, so we're going to start with the NFC. And so I am not going to talk about the Rams who are just on the outside of a wild card spot because Jared Goff and the offensive line are just a little too inconsistent for my liking this year. So I don't even with Aaron Donald and, you know, that defense still playing pretty well. I'm just not big believers in them this year. They probably won't even make the playoffs. I'm not going to talk about Dallas or Philadelphia. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. They're not really worth discussing in terms of contender status. So I'm going to be focusing on the Seahawks, Saints, and 49ers with a little bit of Packers-Vikings mixed in there too. Um, So I guess I'll I'll start off with the Vikings just because their defense this year has been anchored by just some studs. Harrison Smith has been awesome. Eric Kendricks, awesome. And then Daniil Hunter is playing out of his mind. I think he has 15 sacks right now. Let me look up his stats. Like He really doesn't get a ton of attention for some, probably because he plays in Minnesota. I guess that makes sense. Um, but he's just been phenomenal this year. Yeah, he has th- 13 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. I mean, the dude's a machine. He's just crazy. And I think he's pretty rigidly like second or third and like defensive player of the year standings, depending on who you ask. I'd probably say it's between him, TJ Watt and Stefan Gilmore at this point. Um, and the offense has been fun. Like the uh, the offensive line certainly struggled a lot earlier on in the year, and Kirk was struggling because of that. But once those guys kind of settled in, Cousins has had a lot of fun. I mean, he's uh, he's always been very very good off of play action, but now they're able to implement that a ton because Dalvin Cook has been so good that like it works even more effectively. And this has all been without Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's missed how many games has he missed this year? He's missed at least like six or seven, I think. And Stefan Diggs has more than stepped up and they've had guys like Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, BC Johnson. Like they've had guys doing some stuff to pick up the load. You'll see Thielen has missed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's missed seven games so far. And I don't know if he's supposed to be coming back this week or not, but if they can get him back for the playoffs, it's certainly better than not having Adam Thielen. And I think that they're they're going to be really good. I think it's, it's unfortunate because there's just a couple really, really, like the NFC is just very, very good this year. So there might not be a ton of room for them to work with. But this is a fun team to watch nonetheless, I would say. Um, Packers, the Packers confuse me a little bit because they have the two seed right now. They have the, the, win, 
or the what am I talking about? The tiebreaker over New Orleans based on uh, the conference record, and they have a half game over the Vikings currently. But the Viking, if the Vikings beat the Packers, I think the Vikings take the division, and they play. I think they play next week. I can check that too. Um, I, I mean, they they haven't been. They started off really really good, but I think people have seen that the defense isn't quite as good as everyone thought they would as everyone thought they would be. They play Minnesota on Monday, actually. Um, I think that the the pass defense is pretty solid. I mean, people have talked all season about how good Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith are. And, you know, they're a lot of fun to watch, too. They're good guys. Um, and the secondary has been pretty solid. You know, picking up guys like Adrian Amos and Jair Alexander finally breaking out has been, like, a huge boon for them. But I think that their run defense, just it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And I think if they get behind like quick in a, in a playoff game, it's going to be really hard for them to get back into it just because teams are going to be able to play keep away with them because of how soft the run defense is. But, I mean, I'm never really willing to count out Aaron Rodgers. I think that he would probably prefer to have a little more firepower on the offensive line. I mean, obviously Aaron Jones has broken out pretty strongly here, but... Outside of Devontae Adams, I don't really love a ton of his weapons. I mean, Jimmy Graham hasn't been super effective for years. Alan Lazard and Geronimo Allison, like those guys just like they're fine, certainly. Like they're not bad, but I just don't know if that's going to be who you want to be throwing to in a playoff game. If you have, say, like Marshawn Lattimore guarding Devontae Adams and limiting him to maybe like half of his normal production. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So... I'm not. I'm not saying the Packers are bad. They're certainly not bad. They're the two seed in the NFC right now. They're eleven and three, but I just think that. Sorry, I'm just sore throat. Um, the way that they're dealing, or the way that their roster is constructed, it might be tough to beat some of these teams. Like, especially with all the prolific run games that you see in the NFC playoff picture right now. And then next, I'll talk about the current one seed, the Seattle Seahawks, because they are certainly not the best team in the NFC. But here they are sitting at the one seed because they beat San Francisco in what week four or five? No, it was later than that. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, I, I've talked for months about how good Russell Wilson is and how good he can be if the coaches finally just let him sling it. And surprise enough, he finally gets to throw the ball a little bit and look what happens. He just makes magic left and right. It's ridiculous. And especially, I don't even think his weapons are all that great. I mean, Tyler Lockett is very good. But as a number one receiver, he's limited in the type of stuff he can do because of his size. You know, like he's just not going to be able to make those contested catches. Like he can do the stuff on the sideline without Russell Wilson making those ridiculous throws and stretch you vertically. But I mean, there's certain things that he can't do that DK Metcalf can. You know what I mean? And DK Metcalf has been his number two receiver. I still like he's not. He's been much better than I expected him to be, but he's still not. <clears throat> what everyone thought he could be, you know, like I think Seattle's uh, scheme is able to take advantage of what he does. Just have him just run down the field and let Russ chuck up those balls to him that he's able to just jump up and grab because he's one of the most physically impressive specimen I've ever seen ever. Um, Josh Gordon. No, oh no, he's suspended. Actually, never mind. I won't even bother talking about that then. Um, David Moore, I guess. Um, the offensive line hasn't been great this year, but Again, Russell Wilson is just that good where it doesn't matter anymore. Like he's just transcended a subpar supporting cast into something beautiful. But I do think that one of the problems that they're going to face is the coaching. 
and just kind of how they play. Like they play a really stressful and exciting brand of football, right? They are, I think it's 10 and three in one score games this year, which is great that they have this close, this record in these close games. But at the end of the day, the more close games you play, the le- the more likely you are to lose a couple just because sometimes it's just one bounce here, one bounce there, and that's all that matters. And I think that like they don't have to play in these one-score games, but they can get up big, and then this coaching staff just plays it really conservatively. They start to run the ball a lot. The defense kind of loosens up a little bit, which, by the way, I should shout out the defense because I was very critical of the secondary very early on in the season. I didn't think it was going to be enough, even with Jadavian and Clowney boosting the front seven. But, I mean, ever since they got Quandre Diggs, they've just been awesome. Like, it's totally come together. It's like Baltimore's defense when they got Marcus Peters. Like, it just took them up to a whole nother level. And I really need to give them a lot of credit for that because I was not doing much of that early on. Um, but anyways, like, I think the, the coaching staff is going to be a problem in these playoff games because Pete Carroll has been pretty conservative as a coach for a very long time. And I just think if you continue to play this this high wire brand of football, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And that's really my biggest concern with them. They could absolutely win the Super Bowl. Like that would not shock me in the slightest. They could blow out any of these teams in the NFC. It again would not surprise me. But the coaching staff, I just think, is going to be is has the potential to hold back any exciting stuff that these Seahawks guys do. All right, and then we can go to the Saints, who. Like the the level of roster depth that they have is just lunacy, right? In almost every stretch, like the they've got Marcus Davenport now helping out Cameron Jordan. They've got all the Mario Davis and all of these guys. It's they have so many, so many very, very good players on the roster. It's it's very impressive the team building that they've done over the last couple of years. I mean, really, they're only the only concerns I have with them are their wide wide receiver depth is a little bit of a concern because Michael Thomas has been fantastic this year obviously like he's been the best receiver in the league this year I don't really think that's up for debate but behind him you have uh Ted Ginn you have Traquan Smith let me look up the rest of the Saints receiver death chart like these guys in theory are not that bad but I just think that if you're going to be asking a lot out of them if Michael Thomas is going to be getting doubled I just think it's going to be kind of hard for them to Overcome that. Maybe Jared Cook helps alleviate some of the pressure. But I think that's something to be mindful of, especially considering if you look at a game like last year where Marcus Peters was keeping Michael Thomas in check in the NFC Championship game. The offense struggled for a little bit there because there just weren't many options to throw to at that point. Um, and, I, and their D-line has taken a little bit of a hit recently too. I mean, they lost Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Marcus Davenport is hurt, I believe. Um... Yes, he has a significant foot injury, and he's out for the season. And so their de- their defense was really deep, right? And that was one of the strengths of the team. But that depth is kind of eroded a little bit, and that's, I think, also pretty important. Like, having depth in the trenches is what helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. It's what helps the Patriots stay good year to year, and that's why they're struggling a little bit this year. But, again, I still think this roster is really good. Drew Brees is phenomenal. Sean Payton, very proven quantities at this point. They, they could feel pretty good about maybe making an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl this year. All right, and then the last team in the NFC that I want to talk about is 49ers. <clears throat> They've been my favorite team in the NFC to watch this year. I mean, I've, I've always been a huge Jimmy G fan since he was on the Patriots. Um, but the roster in general is just really cool to watch anyways. The pass rush is just 
very, very monstrous and it's hard to scheme around, you know, like pass rush can be schemed around, but when it's as relentless as the 49ers defense and they can really, they really only need four people to destroy you. It's harder to do that. It's kind of like, you know, what the giants did against the Patriots those two years is like when you have a front seven that doesn't need to blitz to get pressure, like short passes sure work. But then when you have all those other people in coverage, it's hard to do that, you know? And Jimmy G has slowly been working his way back from injury. I think people needed to realize that ACLs, they take time to recover from. He's got to be able to be more confident to plant on that leg, step up in the pocket, drive it forward. It's it's very much a mental thing, and you kind of have to get used to it. You have to be able to take hits to the knee again, feel okay. Like It, it takes a couple months, and he's finally getting more comfortable, I, I think. The run game has been a lot smoother now that the, the offensive line's healthy. McGlinchey's more back to full strength. Um. And, you know, Shanahan always gets a really good run game going, but I think that, like, this is, like, the perfect example of the Shanahan wide zone rushing scheme where you have Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, and Tevin Coleman all, I think, at 500 rushing yards, something like that. Like, they're all able to have success. They're all these really fast guys that work really well in a system like that. And I think that this team, if they get leads, they are the team that can is best equipped to keep that lead because – they can pin the pass when the pass rush needs to pin its ear back, ears back, and really get after the quarterback. That like they're going to be able to do that. Obviously, like the defensive line is more than equipped to do something like that. And then the run game is so successful that they're going to be able to keep the clock drained and everything. If this team can get out to really fast starts, I think it's going to be really hard to beat them in the playoffs once everything starts to come together for them. The only concern is, as we've said with the Packers and the Saints, the receiver depth is. Not ideal, certainly. I mean, Kittle, I George Kittle is ridiculous. Like, I love watching George Kittle. It makes me miss Gronk so much. He's so much fun. But I think you have him and then everyone else on the team is either new to the system, like Emmanuel Sanders, or just really young and, you know, needs to get uh, just more equipped to the pros. Like, you know, Debo Samuel, Dante Pettis. Like, these guys have a lot of potential. But they're young, like, and they're just not, like, they haven't grown into what they can become yet, you know? I think Emmanuel Sanders has a lot of potential. We saw what he did in the Saints game, but he's still getting used to the system. It's kind of like what the Patriots have going on. Like, they just, it takes time for them to get used to everything and settle in. And I think that they just need to hope that he does that by the time the playoffs roll around because having an extra reliable weapon like that for him is huge. And I do think that the 49ers, I think the 49ers are the best team. I, I really think they do. I, I really think they are like, they just have the best roster. And like I said, they're equipped to keep leads if they can get them. So I think, yeah, I'm not going to, I guess I'm not going to make predictions right now, but I do really, really like the 49ers. So we're going to hear a word from one of our sponsors and then I'm going to move over to the AFC. All right, here we are with the AFC. Um, I don't want to go too in-depth on them, but I guess honorable mentions to the Titans and the Texans. Um, the Texans, I think, if Fuller plays, the offense is really quite different, and Deshaun Watson is a totally different quarterback when Will Fuller's on the field. But I think that having Bill O'Brien as your coach just puts a definitive cap on your on your team, and I think that if Bill O'Brien plays Bill Belichick twice in his season, there's no shot that he's beating him twice. And I think Kansas City and Baltimore would just be able to handle Houston pretty handily. Uh, Tennessee is very interesting because Ryan Tannehill has had 
a very good run. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the last like month and a half. But he just cooled down last week against the Texans. Maybe it was just a hot streak. Who knows? I mean, their defense is really good. The secondary has always been like pretty fundamentally solid with you know former Patriots guys, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan. The, the pass rush has been pretty solid. You know, Her- Ugh, I can't talk. Harold Landry's really come along. Guys like Jayon Brown, you know, have been holding it down. Um, I guess the offense, the offense is a, b- a bit of a question mark going into a potential wild card berth. But Derrick Henry is just frightening. Like seeing that dude just come up to speed and like obliterate somebody is just terrifying. Like if he really gets going, that could be. That could be a problem for a lot of teams, especially the Patriots going into the playoffs. But they might not even make the playoffs. The Texans might not even make the playoffs. One of those teams is going to. Um, both of them can, I guess, but that's no guarantee either. Pittsburgh, I don't really want to talk about um, because they're basically, they're like the Bills, but their offense is worse. Like as much as I don't really like Josh Allen as a quarterback, I'm less of a fan of Duck Hodges, you know? So as good as their defense has been this year, I, I just don't think that even if they make the playoffs that they're going to make a ton of noise. So that leaves me with Buffalo, the Chiefs, Patriots, and the Ravens. Start with Buffalo. I hate the Bills with all of my heart. I really hate the Bills. I love destroying them every single time that we play them. I take so much satisfaction out of it. And even I I just I can't I can't say a ton bad about this team right now. Like it it pains me to say that so much. But this defense is phenomenal. Sean McDermott is a really, really good coach, and that defense is just well coached, and they just they do everything perfectly that they need to do. And they've given Tom Brady nightmares for the last two years, and they're really annoying to play. And I hate their defense because they're so good. The offense is interesting because Josh Allen has kind of flipped the script this year. He can't throw deep balls at all to save his life now. But he's done a much better job with the shorter, more intermediate passes, just kind of taking what the defense gives him. Um, and the run game's been pretty good, too. Frank Gore is still chugging along. I think Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer. Uh, still, go, still going at it, really impressive. Devin Singletary I've had in fantasy, so I've been able to see how good he's been this year. Um, the, thing, the thing with the Bills, I guess, is just Josh Allen has certainly – he has not cost them a ton of games this year. Like he's just he's played a lot better than he did last year. But at the same time, he really I don't feel like he's done a ton to win them with his arms, you know? And I think that if you go into a playoff game where you have a couple drives in the third and fourth quarter where the defense goes, Okay, Josh Allen, you have to throw to beat us, I just don't think he's gonna be able to do that. And that's why I don't like they're worth talking about because of how good this team is just in general. But I don't think that Josh Allen is at a point in his career where they're going to be able to get very far in, um, without a couple like defensive plays here and there. Then the Chiefs, I got to give them credit. I really didn't think their defense was going to be that much improved this year compared to last year. But so far, it seems to be working out a little bit better, at least. The secondary is a lot better. Getting guys like Juan Thornhill in the draft, it really helps solidify things. Tyron Matthews has been solid. So and that's and that's a thousand times better than what it was. Um, the run defense has still been kind of eh, really not that great, but I, they did better against the Patriots um, than they had the last two times that they played. So that was certainly something to monitor. Um, then the offense clearly like they're not as consistent as they were last year, but they still have the potential every every game to just go bananas and destroy everybody. Uh, I mean the Patriots did a pretty good job against them, but 
like you know they still can destroy people if they want like that's not something i'm super concerned about for them you know um i think they'll be fine on offense in the playoffs and i think the defense has done well enough where you can think that they can actually do some pretty good stuff i think they match up pretty well with baltimore i hope we get a baltimore chiefs game it's unlikely unless the ravens drop the next two games and new england wins out or kansas city drops two games, which again, I don't really think is that likely either. So it's most likely going to be a potential Patriots chiefs in the second round instead of Ravens chiefs. But even if we can get Ravens chiefs in the conference championship, that would be something I would watch because they can really challenge Lamar Jackson, I think offensively. So they're going to be a team that I'm really looking forward to watching the playoffs. Um, All right. And then we'll talk about Baltimore just because there's so much I can talk about with the Patriots and I'll get into that, but the Ravens, I, what else is there to say at this point? You know, like Lamar is a beast. The defense is peaking insanely right now with Marcus Peters as a number four corner, just really letting him do what he does best while Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith and Earl Thomas can just do their thing. Even just the guys that they got on the margins, like LJ four. And there was another linebacker whose name is escaping me at this point, but they're just really solid right now. They're, they're firing on all cylinders. The offensive line has been insane. Mark Ingram's been pretty solid. There, there's just everything is going perfectly for this team right now. I was thinking originally, like, I was like, oh, they peaked too early. But, I mean, I was saying that in, like, early November, and here we are in late December, and they're still <clears throat> they're still destroying everybody. So, I mean, I have trouble envisioning anybody but the Chiefs being able to stop them just because I think the Chiefs are potentially the only team that can go back and forth with them on offense enough where it would matter. But we'll see. I guess maybe some team's going to be able to, maybe somehow somebody figures out Lamar Jackson. I'm a little skeptical that that happens. And that leaves us with the New England Patriots, who I could honestly, I could devote like two whole podcasts to this season's Patriots team and still not be done talking about them. Not even just because, like, because clearly they're not the best team in the league this year. They're not. But they're just so interesting, I think, because there's so many ways that this has gone wrong and can go wrong and they can fix it. There's so much to talk about with this Patriots team. And I will, and obviously this is not a Patriots-only podcast, so I'll try not to go on about this for too long. But I think basically I'm not totally – I'm not panicking yet in terms of playoff success with this team. Like if you look at last year's team, they – we're going into Josh Gordon. If we're, if we're talking about the same timeline as last year, as we are this year, like going into week 16, Josh Gordon was just suspended. So we were thinking about, we had a wide receiver group of Julian Edelman washed up, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, who really hadn't done anything all year at all. And then we had Gronk who, you know, can still make those contested catches, but he was certainly much more limited than he had been. And they took week 16 and they were really, really bad against the bills. Like they were bad, but then they played the jets and everything just kind of clicked. I think they put up 38 points and they figured out who they were and everything was totally different after that. And this year is interesting because I think if you look at this group of pass catchers, you have Edelman and kill Harry, Mohamed Sanu, Philip Dorsett, Kobe Myers. I think if you take the top three, that top three of Edelman, Harry and Sanu, and you compare that to Edelman last year, Hogan, and Dorsett, you would absolutely take this year's group just on talent alone over last year's group. 
But at the same time, we don't have Gronk. The offensive line is really banged up and just not as good as they were last year. Uh, Mohamed Sanu's been dealing with an ankle injury since I think like eight days after he got to New England. So he's just been, he's struck. He had a really good game against Baltimore. I think he had 90 yards and a touchdown, but then he just got hurt and he had trouble separating for a little bit, but he's off the injury report. The dynamic between Brady and Harry has been getting interesting because he's certainly looking at him more now. And that could be huge if they're actually able to just let him be and kill Harry and let him use his talent to just win all of those battles, which he can do theoretically. Um, but the absence of Gronk is very huge. The drop-off from Gronk to Lacoste is invaluable. Like It totally changes the complexion, especially when you don't have a run game that really needs to be respected. But the, the passing game might be able to put it together. Brady's elbow injury is off the injury report. Sanu's ankle is off the injury report. There's, there, I, there's reasons to be slightly optimistic with the Patriots' offense. I don't think it's... It might not be a disaster. It very well could be, but there it might not be. We'll have to see what goes on in the next couple of weeks. But I do think the defense, the defense is really good. Like I think people are very quick to point out the schedule and talk about how the Patriots defense isn't actually that good. But I would point out the Bills have played the same schedule and people seem to talk about how good the Bills defense is. And the Patriots defense has done better than the Bills defense. And I think that, the Patriots offense has been so anemic at times that the defense has to be out on the field for way too long. And that negatively impacts them too. So I think if the offense can just become functional, it becomes a whole different world for the defense too, because they're going to be so less tired all the time. I mean, it could all, it could all go down in flames with the Patriots. It could all work out perfectly or it could all just collapse right in front of our eyes. And I really don't know which one we're going to get. I guess the world's going to be eager to see which one happens though. And then disappointed or really excited one way or the other. Um, so yeah, that's that's the AFC and that's the NFC. I think obviously you're pretty clear front runners are the Ravens and 49ers, but I think there's a lot of teams that can really challenge both of them to make it an interesting playoff series. It's not like, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen for sure. Like There's a lot of variability this year, I think. So I think we have words from more sponsors, and then I will wrap things up. That's pretty much all I have for you guys this week. Uh, I figured I'd wait a little bit to think about what I talk, what I, what I want to talk about in the NBA. Because I mean, the easy stuff would just be Luca, Lakers, and the Bucks. But I feel like it's too easy at this point. Everyone kind of kind of knows what's going on there. So I'll reset and I'll see what I, what I can find and what I think is interesting about the NBA right now to talk about. Um, but I will be. I'm home for three weeks and I will be putting out episodes every week. I think I'm probably going to do them Thursdays just so that's it gives me enough time to kind of analyze the playoff games and everything that are going on in football. And then I can talk about the next ones and so forth and so forth. <clears throat> I'm also going to be seeing a lot of movies over the break. I've got star Wars. Um, I'm totally blank. Jumanji. Oh God. I'm, I'm just totally choking right now. Frozen two, a couple other little things. So I'll be able to talk about a bunch of those too, and just kind of share my thoughts. Um, but so it'll be, it'll be pretty straightforward from here. I mean, once the NFL playoffs start, you know, I get into kind of a routine once trades go up for the NBA, obviously I'll be talking about those too, but I will be back at least for probably the next month or so on a consistent basis. So this is the one time I will be making promises going forward. So thanks for listening guys. And I'll see you next week.